Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dream Factory podcast. My name is Ryan Baldy and I'm the author of the Dream Factory inside the make or break world of Football's Academies and today is publication day. After a few delays to the process for reasons beyond our control, the book is finally out there in the wild and available in all the usual places. So um, if any of this uh, over the last few weeks that we've talked about on the podcast has been of interest, if anything that I've been tweeting about, if any of the extracts that you've seen in various places have been of interest, please do consider checking it out. On this week's podcast, my very special guest is Tony Mount, the father of Chelsea superstar Mason Mount. And the theme of this week's podcast, predictably, is what it's like to be a parent of a player in an elite academy and especially a player who is one of the most sought after in the country and what it's like to to deal with the pressures of having a young boy in the system and all the different um, pros and cons that come with that. It was a really interesting discussion with Tony, um, going back over some of the things I spoke with him for the book. and also some fresh ground covered as well and some really nice advice for, for parents who have children in the academy system or or might in the future have children going into academies so it's definitely worth uh, a listen from that perspective okay so without further delay here is tony mount tony mount welcome to the dream factory podcast thank you for joining me how are you doing today I'm very well. Thank you, Ryan. Brilliant. Thanks for taking the time uh, to speak with me. As I mentioned um, in, in the intro before this, the theme of today's podcast is what it's like to be a parent of, of an academy player, um, and in particular, a top academy player, which is what um, your son Mason Mount was uh, for, for many years at Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, if we could just start off by kind of recapping um, the story of how Mason ended up at Chelsea. Uh, it was something that uh, we, we spoke about for the book. It's a really, it's, it's quite a funny story, quite a fascinating story, the little sort of tricks of the trade that, that uh, the Chelsea scouts employed to, to get him through the door. So can you take me back to that 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 time when he was playing for Borhunt FC in Portsmouth? Um, am I right in thinking you, you said it was his first first game on grass or first sort of tournament on grass? Is that right? Yeah, so, so what had happened, he'd, he'd been playing indoor football since he was four, um, I took him to a, a local leisure centre that it was called uh, Soccer Soccer City. I used to take him there at four years of age. Um, he had to be five, so I told him he was five. And they, they remember them saying to me, "God, he's really small for five. And I was like, "Yeah." And then as soon as he started playing, they they loved him, and and uh, he was playing with the older boys. He did that for two years, and um, and and I used to coach uh, kids on a Friday night, so he used to come along with me as well, and he would always. Try, uh, coach, uh, playing with the uh, older boys but <clears throat> after a couple of years I, I thought when he was coming towards six and nearly well I think he was just about six I thought it, it, I really needed to get him out on grass because it's just a different environment it's totally different get him out in the wind and the rain and and uh, show him what football's really like so one of the parents um, asked me if um, if Mason at Soccer City, if Mason wanted to join their little team, which is Boar Hunt. And I said, yeah, he'd love to. Um, and they said, oh, we've got a little team. They're all six years of age and um, they train. They, they have a little coaching session on Saturday morning. So I took him along and um, the pitch was like a ploughed field. And uh, he loved it. He really enjoyed it. And uh, the guy who was coaching at the time, a guy called Kevin Neal, who's, who's a local guy, um, been involved in youth football for a long time. I didn't know him. And uh, um, he, he t- 
went and coached Mason. And then afterwards he said, well, next weekend we've got a little tournament. Um, we're going to put the boys in. It's a little tournament um, over in Gosport. And, um, you know, they'll have a great fun. They'll really enjoy it. And he said, are you available? He said, you know, all the parents go over. They take take a hamper with them and they make a day of it. And, and the boys love it. And we said, yeah, it'd be great. So we went over and the boys played and, and he was right. It was a day. It was all day. They, they started about 10 in the morning and finished about four or five in the afternoon. And... Everyone was a winner. Every boy who played in every team got a medal, but um, Borhunt won it. They won it and got the cup. But um, it was really great fun. And, and as, as we were walking to the car, a <clears throat> um, guy approached me that I sort of recognised from non-league football, but I couldn't remember. And he recognised, said he recognised me. And he, he said, um, can I have a word with you? He said, it's Tony, isn't it? I said, yeah. He said, uh, is, your number, is your boy the number seven who played? the boy Mason and I said yeah and he said oh he said we were watching he done really well he said good little team he said we'd like to invite him up to our development centre at Cobham um, in Surrey uh, Chelsea and I said with all due respect it's the first time he's ever played on grass and he's six years of age and I just want him to enjoy his football I don't really not interested. And to be honest with you, Ryan, I never really, I'd been involved in non-league football for a long time as a manager and player, player manager and a manager. And I never knew a lot about academy football. I knew of them. Um, I'd signed players from academy academies like Southampton and Portsmouth and Brighton who'd been released uh, at 18, 19, 20. But I'd never doubted age. And I'm like, he's six years of age. And they're saying, yeah, we take him at six. I went, that's ridiculous. And I just said, no, I, I to be honest, I just want him to enjoy his football. Thank you for the offer. Um, and, and maybe later, but you know, not at the moment. And uh, we got in the car. And then a week later, I think it was about a week later, he'd been training. And I think it was probably the Sunday evening after he trained on the following Saturday. And he was loving it. He met all new friends and he was loving playing on the grass. And, and the, the Kev Neal, who run the little club at Boar Hunt, said, I'm, I'm phoning all the parents. We've been invited up to um, a, a, a day at Chelsea up at Cobham. And we're going to play in a football festival. There's going to be loads of teams there, probably about 20, 30 teams there. I can't remember how many. And we're, we're going to take the boys up and they're going to play in this festival. And I thought, that's quite, that's quite ironic. <laughs> you know, that was quite, that's quite, I said, like have you done that before? <laughs> I said, have you done that before? And he went, no, he said, never. He said, it's unbelievable. He said, what a, what a chance, what an opportunity to go and have a look at their facilities and play up there. The boys will love it. And I just thought, that's interesting. I wonder, it's just too much of a coincidence. <laughs> so we went up, all the parents, we took all the boys, all the boys were excited. They were going to, Chelsea, as far as they knew, you know, Kevin made a big thing of it. And again, it was an all-day thing. We got there early and, and we pulled into the car park. The car park was full up. And there were, there was probably 30, 40 different teams there. Um, and one team in Chelsea kit, which was obviously the development team under six. And after a long day, Borhan got to the final against Chelsea development team and they won it. And they beat Chelsea development team and the boys were absolutely over the moon. And um, we were quite excited, watched the final uh, with Boar Hunt winning. And then 
they went off, they got their medals and all the Chelsea people with Chelsea tracksuits and were all over them. And then Mason come running back and went, Dad, 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 they've invited four of us up to their development centre on a Friday night. Can I go? Please, can I go? Please, can I go? And I'm like, yeah, here we go. That's the start of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was your life for the next one. 12 or so years tracking up and down the motorway to, to take him to Coven. Uh, it also, certainly was, yeah. He also um, started training as well with, with Portsmouth, of course, so you, you and yourself and Mason are huge Portsmouth fans, and, and a bit of Southampton as well, is that right? You, you, you yeah, well, of them. yeah, so Mason joined the development centre at Chelsea. It was on a Friday, every Friday night, so um, our social life totally went out the window then. So we were taking him up and down there on a Friday night, initially uh, and it and it got more and more but um within probably about a month after one of his school teachers approached me um was picking him up from school one night and a teacher approached me and said they'd recommended him to Portsmouth and then we got a phone call he said I hope you don't mind and I said no that's fine and then we got a phone call from Portsmouth said they'd like to uh, Mason to join their development centre as well so they were after, but Mason wanted to go. Um, quite a lot of boys were going there that he knew from school and he knew from playing with Ball Hunt. So, yeah, he loved it. And obviously we were Portsmouth fans and we were watching Pompey. And so he loved it going down there. So, and I think that was on a Tuesday night. So he was training on Tuesday with Portsmouth and then Friday with up at the development centre at uh, Chelsea. And, and yeah, all the time that he could, we continued with that. And then what happened with the Southampton, we got approached by uh, a couple of Southampton scouts one day on a Sunday as well. And I just said, no, he's already training with uh, Portsmouth and he's already training with Chelsea. And initially we said no. And, and that was the situation. But um, probably when he was about eight, um, I got a phone call from Southampton. And there was somebody there. It was a guy called Dave Puckett who works for Southampton. Who, again, I knew from non-league football. He was an ex-Southampton player. He knew me and he phoned me and he said, Tony, was there any chance you could bring Mason? We know he's training at uh, Chelsea, um, but, you know, we've got some trial days and we'd like him to come in and join in. We'd like to have a look at him and it'd be like good to compare him with some of the boys that we've already offered uh, places to in the academy. Would you mind? And David, I knew David quite well and I just said, yeah. So Mason went along on a number of occasions, oh. but it wasn't regular to Southampton. Right. It was just too much, you know. But he went along and he played in quite a few trial days and had uh, spent a few days there. And um, and then Southampton were were trying to sign him and they were offering us to go to matches and out for dinner and everything. So it, it all started, which which I thought it might. So it, it was interesting. Uh, uh, the, re the reason I mentioned the, the three clubs is because it's just a, it's a really big commitment for parents as well, isn't it? I think it's something that's often overlooked, just how much of a parent's time it demands. Um, some parents perhaps don't have um, the option as well, maybe, maybe for work commitments, maybe for transport reasons. So I think um, it, it's something that isn't always uh, given due credit, just how much time out of the parents' life, as well as, as, as the kids, the football can take up. So what was your kind of you, average week like with, with Mason once he was training a few times with Chelsea and then and other places? Well, initially, initially we were in the development centre for Friday night. That went on for about a year, year and a half, from six to about seven, seven and a half. And then we found out through just people talking, not, not through Chelsea, that um, one or two boys were disappearing. And they were saying, well, yeah, they've been released. And then, oh, so-and-so, one of the boys has been moved up to the elite squad on a Saturday morning. 
And then that, an opportunity come up for Mason. They approached us and said, look, we want to move Mason out of the development centre into what we call our elite squad, which is still part of the development centre. But they'll train on a Saturday morning in, in uh, and alongside the academy boys at various ages. So it went from Friday night, then it went to Saturday. And then um, when he got offered an academy place, when he was uh, eight, um, it went to three training sessions a week. So it went to Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday morning, and then the matches on a Sunday. So a home game was four times a week, travelling from Portsmouth to Surrey. And an away game was three, three training sessions and anywhere in London or the south of England um, to, to play a match on a, on a Sunday. Uh, it is a massive commitment. And I think, you know, a lot of parents, if they live local, you know, it would have been very easy for us to have joined Portsmouth Academy and 10 minutes down the road, four times a week would have been perfect. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, that wasn't the decision that was taken. Um, and, and Mason was, was adamant he wanted to, to train with Chelsea, no matter how much of a Portsmouth fan he was. He, he realised even at eight years of age that the, the structure and the quality, uh, not only of the coaching, which was very, very high, but the quality of the boys that he was training with and playing against and competing against because there was hundreds and hundreds of them coming and going. He realised how, how the standard was so high. But it is a massive commitment. You know, our social life went totally out the window Friday night and Saturday nights because it was up early and driving, you know, mm. and um, and Sundays uh, was was match day. But, you know, I wouldn't change anything. And I think as a parent, you, you do commit to it. Um, and I know we'll talk about it later, but, you know, the only, the only thing that myself and my wife asked of Mason is if we were going to commit, we wanted him to commit. And that commit was just make sure that, you know, you're focused and you want to want to do well and give everything and enjoy it. Yeah. And he and did. So you mentioned as well, your background was was non-league football, managing and playing for, for many, many years. And that you didn't have um, a great idea, a great impression of what the academy world was like. When you first entered it, taking Mason on a regular basis, what were your first impressions? Were you, were you surprised by anything? Was it um, overall positive or, or were there any things that you thought probably you know could have been better? Well, I think every parent has their own journey. Every parent has their own opinion. And, and you know, it's, it's a topic that's spoken about a lot. And I hear both sides of the, of the story. I can only talk about my, my opinion and my thoughts. I was blown away with how professional it was. I was blown away how good it was, um, how structured. Um, it, it was quality, absolute quality. I, you know, I can't, there was nothing negative from my point of view. You know, listen, on the journey, there are things that probably, you know, I would, I would say needed to be done differently in my opinion. But, you know, from the moment we walked into the development centre on a Friday night, it was very, very good very good and the, the facilities were second to none at Chelsea um, they'd spent a lot of money on, on what they were doing and, and it was getting better as well um, and you know it, it was it, there was a lot of quality coaches there and I could only at the time compare it to what Mason was doing at Portsmouth and what he was doing at Southampton but there were a lot of parents there that were training at other clubs within London and within the, you know that their catchment area 
and they were also very impressive what Chelsea were doing and uh, the structure and the, the setup there. And more importantly, Mason loved it. You know, it was great facilities and and he it was really to him it was just fun. He just playing football with some really good boys who were really good footballers. Um, and he, he loved every minute of it. And he, you know, he used to go in, he couldn't wait to get in. He used to run across the car park with beaming face. And then he didn't want to come home. He wanted, he wanted it as far as he concerned. He couldn't believe it was finishing. So it was nothing but, uh, it was nothing but good, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, like you said, the, the, the proof is in the pudding in that he chose Chelsea over the other options he had. So it must have been a positive experience for you all. Um, Going on a few years, a few years down the timeline, um, once Mason starts to become quite well known as one of the top talents around, um, first I guess within the London area and, and, and within the south and then the nationally, what was that like as an experience when your son, who I, I guess I have been, how old would he have been when you first noticed that 12, 13, 14, when when he starts to get a lot of attention, was that something that was quite unusual to deal with? Um, that's that's. It's an unusual question, right? In as much that it's difficult for me to answer that because I didn't really see it. If right. I'm honest, we never, you know, myself and wife, you know, we it, we were just focused on Mason and what he was doing. And Chelsea, uh, they play everything down. There's, they don't get too excited. There's nothing over the top. Um, they they tend to at that time. The parents were kept relatively at arm's length. You know, there was a communication when it was needed. We were very fortunate. We had we had Mason played from Mickey Bill, who who you know, and who was a coach at Chelsea at the time, and has, you know moved on. But um, his communication with the parents of the boys playing within his team was excellent and was was quite unusual, but very good. Um, and I had some great chats with Mick. But yeah, I mean, Mason was one of of quite a large group of talented boys yeah. at Chelsea Football Club, you know, and, 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 and we, never, we never got carried away with anything. I think the first, when, I, when Mason was 14, we got approached by a couple of clubs personally. Um, again, one was in a car park. Another one was somebody got hold of my number. And another one was somebody approached me on the sideline of a game. And, and then, but I, you just put that towards the fact that they're going 14 towards 15 and then, I presumed at the time, <clears throat> talking about scholarships or poss- possibility of scholarships, but you know nothing was a given and nothing was known. Um, no, to be honest, I just took it with a pinch of salt. I was quite, I was quite honoured that somebody was asking about Mason, and I was quite pleased that you know they they were recognising that, that he, he had something about him at, at that young age. Um, but we never got carried away of anything. Um, again, you mentioned the approaches you had as well, though. This, that's something I think we spoke about in the book we first spoke about when I did a profile of Mason for the BBC a few years ago. A really, really interesting story where you kind of had a family meeting didn't you, around the kitchen table in your house um, where you had uh, this opportunity where, where the, the two-year contract ends at 14 and all players have a chance to explore other options if they want to. Mason, of course, like you said, had, had offers on the table. And I guess you were looking as a family and thinking at the time, not many players were getting through at Chelsea. There was a bit of a, a blocked pathway. Um, all these great players were being produced, but not necessarily getting much of a run. But Mason was determined to make it. Uh, as you said, he you know he committed and wanted to see it through at Chelsea. That issue of pathways is something that is, is to an extent being resolved at Chelsea. I was so with Mason, of course, being one of the, the handful of players who've, who've broken through and, and started to kind of break that mould. 
Hamish, do you think parents look at pathways when when they're choosing you know, a parent of a, a really talented young boy who's got a lot of options at this plate? How, how much do you think pathway is considered? And do you think it's considered enough? I can only speak from the parents that we were friends with and we were around on a regular basis at Chelsea. And, uh, and I know one or two parents of academy boys outside uh, who've, who, you know, who've, who have moved on and who are at other clubs. But I don't think it's something that is totally looked at. I know it was uh, unusual at Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea offered Mason a, a scholarship um, or, or approached us when he was 15 and said, um, you know, we're going to guarantee him a two-year scholarship uh, at 16. Um, and I made them aware that at that time we were considering other clubs and they were very shocked, very shocked. And I just said, listen, you know, it's nothing to do with what you're doing or what you've done. And this academy, I, I can only speak very, very highly of it. And, you know, we've been coming here since he was six years of age. So for the last nine years, it's been tremendous. But, you know, I just felt at that time there wasn't a pathway. This is my personal opinion. I mean, every other parent grabbed the opportunity of a scholarship with open, open arms. And I just made them aware. I didn't want to do anything underhand. I made them aware that, you know, we had opportunities to look elsewhere. And I felt it was important that myself and my wife looked into that. I, I kept Mason away from it. Uh, I didn't want him having that, you know, stress or issue. I just wanted to look at it, the opportunity myself. So we, you know, I, myself and my wife met with a couple of clubs. I was very impressed, very impressed with what they were offering with regard you know, pathways and, and what they, their homework they'd done on Mason. They, they knew him inside out. They'd obviously watched him and they knew his strengths and his weaknesses. And um, I, I felt that the opportunity for Mason going forward would, 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 would be better than it would be at that time at Chelsea. And um, Neil Bath, the academy manager, uh, was very disappointed and, and I think taken back a little bit. But fair play to him. You know, he understood and he worked very hard into trying to change our mind. Um, but it was a family meeting that made that decision. And if I'm honest, Mason made it. You know, um, I thought uh, the pathway wouldn't be there for him. And Mason was adamant that, that he would create that pathway and make it happen. Um, so at the end of the day, there was no way I was going to pick Mason up and drop him somewhere else and say, no, you're going. He's, he's got to want to do it. And he didn't want to do it. He, I remember him saying to me, you know, I've been at this club. I've been at Chelsea since I was six years of age. It's my club and I will play for the first team. <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Play. Champions League medal later. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do I, what do I, what do I know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and another kind of thing that some parents have to deal with, one of the sort of pitfalls of the academy world and, and youth football um, uh, when it comes to the very sort of the, the most talented young players is um, being targeted for inducements, whether that's from, from other clubs or from agents. Um, you, you shared a story with me in the book of, of, of when you were approached by an agent one time, well, I think when Mace was on international duty, you were in, you, I think you were in France, if I remember right. But just generally speaking... Is, is this something parents need to be better prepared for? Can they be better supported or, or, or should there be some, some more advice? Because I guess it's quite easy to see how 
it could take a parent by surprise and it could also sort of turn ahead or two if, if large sums of money or, or whatever kind of gifts are being offered for the right to rep represent their son as an agent or to, or to change their club. Is that something you think um, parents need to be made, made aware of and prepared for? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's something that isn't, it's not even spoken about by the club to the parents. So you you become, you know, you, the boy, you, your boy starts playing at 14 and 15 and then it starts happening. Initially with, with a communication, somebody walks up to you on a touch line and walks up to you in a car park like they always do, um, comes and stand next to you in the, when you're getting a cup of tea at half time and the, they introduce themselves. It's something you're aware of because parents of older boys tell you. Mm. So, you know, I remember at the time there was one of the boys that Mason used to look up at Chelsea. He was about three years older. Um, and his dad, who's a really nice guy, spoke to me one day and said, listen, you'll get approached by agents. Just ignore them. Tell them you're not interested. And um, so it was quite interesting. Um, but you're aware of it. And then it starts. And then it's a conveyor belt. Um, one after another one and the next Sunday is someone else and the next Sunday is someone else and I remember one Sunday a guy come up to me and I could hardly understand the word he said he was Italian <laughs> and he's saying look you know we'd love to get your boy to Italy and I'm like he's, he's 15 you know just coming up to 15 yeah 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 it, it is crazy and the club there's no communication we never mm -hmm. had any the club never sit down the parents and say this is the world that we're in it's no good hiding behind it there are agents out there who want to engage with you as a family and your boy and to be honest there is room that you know there, there is room for the agents they do a good job and you know i'm not saying that that's that's wrong but they all have their own different methods they're all mm. not the same you know they are all different and um we 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 didn't engage with sitting down with every single agent and uh, and it's very difficult because you don't know you know, at that stage, you're new to it and you don't know a lot about it. I know a lot more about it now, believe me. But at that age, I think the parents, it, they need some guidance. Most of the guidance comes from older older players' parents who've been there and done it or are mm. part of it. And they have, they have their own opinions. You know, they say, I'll go with this agent because we're with him and he's really good. And everyone has an opinion. But I think... I think it would be, I'm not saying the club should direct you in one agent or another, but they should make you aware of how that process works. Yeah. yeah. And then the last question, um, just kind of, again, broadly speaking, and, and whether it's related to what we just talked about, is there any advice you'd offer to, to parents who um, are, are coming into the academy world? I mean, just somebody now who's been through it yourself, who's come out the other end, um, I imagine, as, as you said, you've learned a lot of lessons. Is there anything you'd, you'd like to impart to any parents who are, who are about to go through it themselves? Yeah, it's interesting. I've had, you know, there are people that I hear and have spoken to me and they just say, oh, I wouldn't be interested in my son joining an academy. That's not fair. I want him to enjoy his football. I don't want him going into an academy. And and then, you know, people say, well, it's brutal and, and you know, they're not interested and, and they just treat the boys really badly. It, it, everyone has their own opinion. Everyone has, as I said at the beginning of this this uh, discussion, everyone has their own journey, um, and they do have their own opinion. And it is tough, you know. There is no two ways about that. You know, there is a very, very, very small percentage of boys who walk in that door, sign, uh, and and go on the journey that actually come out the other end and sign professional football. The stats show you that. Um, 
for us, I can only speak about our journey. We never looked further than the next week. And that's the honest truth. You know, next week we got training. The week after he's playing football, um, they, the, you, you join a very, very well-organized structure. The boys, I, I always said to Mason, just enjoy it. You know, if ever I saw you not enjoying it, then what's the point? Enjoy it. You're playing at a really good level with some absolute quality boys who will only make you a better footballer and you're getting the best coaching ever. You're in probably one of the best academies in the world, in my opinion, um, and with absolutely unbelievable coaching and facilities. How can you not enjoy it? Um, I think a lot of parents need to chill out. I saw, I saw it's made me laugh. I've seen on a number of occasions boys of eight years of age who are uh, signing at Chelsea and the parents smash social media with my boy signed for Chelsea as if he's just going to make his debut in the first team. I mean, you know, social media plays a big part in what it did, you know, 12, 15 years ago, whenever it was when we walked in uh, to the academy, it's, it's totally different now, but you know, they, parents can't get carried away. Boys can't get carried away. You've got to keep your feet on the ground and you've got to look at it. The way that we looked at it is that Mason did or did not get offered a registration every two years. That's what you're doing. You join an academy and you're there for a year or two years. The way Chelsea worked at the time is they offered two-year registration. That was it. So at eight years of age, he might be there. He's playing under nine and under 10. And he might be released. And if he's released, that's because he hasn't met the level that they're looking for. And the standard is very, very high. So not all boys are going to make it. And the ones who get released... Is it brutal? It's tough, you know, it is tough. And and is it fair? Probably not. I say to Mason, when you get released, when you get released, that's somebody's opinion. That doesn't make you a bad footballer. You move on. You, you go, as long as you enjoy it and you go and play football where you want to enjoy it with your friends or go to another academy if you're fortunate enough to be offered or you end up playing back on a Sunday with your friends. That's all that's important. Just somebody's opinion. It doesn't make you a bad footballer. What you can't do is walk away from it. You know, because you're doing what you love to do. And that is the process. And I think parents can't get carried away. Parents just chill. Just let trust the process at that club because you've committed to that club. You've signed up for it. And that's not easy. It's easy for me to say it now, but that's not easy. But now taking a step back, looking at the journey that Mason went on and we went on as a family, you have to trust the process. You, you know, you sit there and you think, why are they playing my boy at centre forward when he's a right back? Or why are they playing my boy at left back when he's a right midfield player? And you, you, your head goes around. You think, oh, they bring three new boys in. And you think, oh, that's the end of my son. And a lot of parents lose their head over it. And it becomes quite stressful. I always used to stand away from everybody on a match day. I used to stand on my own where possible try to be as social as I could to watch training because I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to enjoy watching Mason train. I want to see him train. That's what, I, that's my enjoyment. I stood away from him because I didn't want a parent standing next to me telling me how bad his boy's playing. I just whether my boy played bad or played good, I would discuss it with him afterwards and try and encourage him to perhaps use his left foot more um, and perhaps to track more and, and tackle more. But at the end of the day, I just want to enjoy watching him play. And I think, for my advice for parents, is take a step back, enjoy it, make sure. I used to say to Mason, smile, play with a smile on your face. And he plays with a smile on his face now because he's been doing that since he was six years of age. Um, and if you've got a smile on your face, you're enjoying it. And I can see you're enjoying it. 
So it's very difficult. It is a very stressful environment because every boy and every parent want their boy to make it. They're not going to. They're not going to. Um, and and it's not always the best players who get through. Chelsea and every other club make decisions. And I remember, and I, you know, I've said, I remember when Declan got released, and we were devastated. My family were devastated because we were very close to them as a family. Um, and, you know, was that the right decision? Well, now it's not the right decision. And it wasn't the right decision at the time. But somebody makes that decision. Um, and that's football. And that's, that's, that's what these academies are about. But it's how the boy and the parent and deal with it. And uh, yeah, take a step back, believe in the process and let it flow. That's great. That's a, that's a perfect place to end. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join me today, Tony. Cheers. You're welcome. Thank you, Roy. Okay, thank you for listening to the Dream Factory podcast. That was Tony Mount there. I'm sure you'll agree some really fascinating insight into what it's like to be the parent of a top academy player all the pressures and the pros and cons that come along with it and some really good advice for parents as well who are about to go through the same kind of things and as i mentioned at the beginning of the episode the book the dream factory inside the make or break world of football's academies is finally available after a couple of delays it's out there it's out in the wild now you can pick it up at all the usual places wherever you normally buy your books from you should be able to find the dream factory it's also available directly from me uh, over Twitter if you're interested in a signed or personalised copy. So please send me a direct message if that's something that's of interest to you and we'll catch you again next time.